Okay. So on uh, this episode, we're going to be speaking with and interviewing the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass, and the host of the uh, Jerry Petito Show. Jerry Petito. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Enjoying the weekend. How are you? I'm good. Jay, Aaron, it's a pleasure. This is going to be so much fun. Same, same. So first off, I want to kind of just, where, where does your story begin? Where does the Jerry Petito story begin? Okay. So in a nutshell, we were all dumbasses. And I can, and listen, I say <laughs> that to be funny because I was actually questioned by some Christians and I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and they wanted me to repent for this title. And I crack up laughing because my pastor loved it. All right. And <laughs> ass is in the Bible at least 40 times. It means donkey. And that's what I was almost third this month, actually July 27th. It'll be 32 years. I changed my life. And Good. you know, I, the reason I wrote this book in 2016, and this is how big it was real small. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, I revised it because so much went on with the radio shows after that and just everything. Okay. So God's really used me and I'm allowing, listen, I, I'm an open book, but I want to help people. My story is when I, when I started, you know, we all did stupid stuff when we were younger, right? So I partied, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had beauty salons, made way too much money to be too young, partied, messed around with drugs, blah, 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 blah. But that day came when I knew I had to stop. And, and I'll share that little story with you because it's amazing. I had a, I'm an Elvis fan. Everyone that knows me knows that. Mm-hmm. And I had a 1990 Eldorado black and gold Cadillac with Elvis license plates. Talk about flashy, right? Right. <laughs> well, that car saved my life. God saved my life through that car. <clears throat> um, I had all my clients back in the day in the Trenton area and all were very wealthy clients. And one of them was the boss of all the judges in the municipal court judge in, in the municipal court in my, in my County. Mm-hmm. And I used to go have lunch with her a lot. So my car was in that parking lot a lot. So one night, me and my friend were in my car. Her and I were copping our heroin in Trenton in that car. Imagine that. It's one o'clock in the morning and our young drug dealer didn't have our dope. So he had to get in the back of my car and we had to go two blocks. Imagine the craziness, like when we think about it all. And yeah. to, it stuck out like a sore thumb. I would be like, I'd never do that again. Like y- y- you got to be crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So he gets in my car, but we didn't know it. An unmarked police car was following us. So they uh, followed us till we got two blocks down. He got out, went in, got 10 bags of heroin, came back in the back of my car, pulled us over. The guy recognized my car, my Elvis license plates from being in the courthouse a lot and knew I was a friend of this judge. Mm-hmm. Called her, came to my window, said, let me see your license. Well, I'll make sure it was me. And he said, listen, judge so-and-so said, go home, get some rest, get some help, get this guy out of your car now and get the dope out. Well, that was it. You know, mm-hmm. when That's that long. happened. Yeah. When that happened, I thought, what am I doing? I have an incredible family. I'm well known in the, in the community. I have a kid. What am I doing? Right. And that saved my life. So you want to know what's amazing about that woman? She's still in my life, but she never brought that up to me ever. We finally went out to lunch five years ago and I said, now let's talk about it. She right. never brought it up. So in 2016, I don't know your, your beliefs or anything, but again, I'm a Christian and I'm saying that because that's where my whole story is. Right. Oh God. And 2016, I was woken up with this heavy. And I always laugh and say, God can't whisper in my ear. He has to pound me on my shoulder. And uh, I, I heard these words. I woke up and heard, write your book. And I laughed and said, you want me to write a book? Okay. I'm a poet. I've, I've had poets in the past published. So I'm an artist. I went to art school. So I love all this. This is me. Right. So Mm -hmm. I said, all right, I'm going to write this book. And I didn't know it, but I was writing it to save two family members. And that's why it had to be done then. And Mm -hmm. it was just amazing what went on and Mm -hmm. they're still with us and they're doing great. Thank you, God. And one of them is actually mentioned in my book. 
because he's younger than me. He owns a piece of my heart and he never left my side as a kid. We grew up on the same road. My father moved us out of Long Island City, New York, my family, when I was in seventh grade to Robbinsville, New Jersey, to be with his brother on our mm-hmm. road. So my cousin, he, 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 he never left my side as a kid and right. he was the one that needed me then. And it was amazing what God did by this book. He never let it go. Was that shortly after the incident with, uh, like when you when you heard, um, we got the the tap on the shoulder. Right? Oh, that was was that right that before? Week right I wrote before? the book. Yeah, oh, I wrote it right as soon as that, that happened. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. You don't understand. I'm gonna. All right, listen. I have to say this. The thing, if if we had hours and hours, and I told you stories about what God has done for me, whispers in my ear. People are like, how did you know that was going to happen? I'm like, it's God. So when he said, write your book, I said, I have to. My father had Alzheimer's at the time. And we took care of him, me and my brother. And uh, I said to my brother, okay, I always fast. I'm also a nutritional health coach. And I fast every year for a month, water or juice. And I said to my brother, I didn't tell him I was writing a book. I said, all right, I'm going to be fasting this month. You're on dad duty. He's like, okay. I wrote the book in three weeks. And I said, God wrote it because... This is, this is how I know God wrote this book. I had, a, I hand wrote it guys. I'm 61 years old. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to say my age. I hand wrote it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had to get a friend come over and get it in the computer the right way to send it out. Her uncle is gone now, but he was a publisher and, and blah, blah, blah. So I said, let's get this out there. And she said, all right, Jerry, now listen, we're going to send it to like 10 or 20 publishers. They may like it. They may not. It could take years. I said, oh no, no, no. God wrote the book. We're sending it to one Simon and Schuster. Oh no, that just Simon and Schuster. She laughed and said, okay. I said, put your name with mine so they could contact both of us. Cause you're going to be my person. Mm-hmm. Five days later, guys, five days later, I kid you not. My phone rang. We're on a three-way Andrea said, are you sitting down? I said, why is it Simon and Schuster? She's like, yep. I said, nope, I I know. And the woman I believe was a Christian woman because of the way she was talking. And Mm -hmm. she said, Jerry, we love your book and we're publishing it. And it was amazing. And I knew it was God. So I still say to this day, God wrote this book. And then because of this book, and, and, and I could tell you a little bit about why I really was using drugs as well, if you want. Oh, but absolutely. Because, we want to hear that part. Okay. Yeah. You, like won't that's believe, begins, yeah. and you won't believe that either. But because of this book, I got interviewed on Hamilton Radio by DJ Danny, uh, the original owner of Doc G's daughter. And mm-hmm. because of this, I started the radio. But I'm going to tell you why I started using drugs. And then when I tell you what happened a few years ago, based on that, again, God, you won't believe this. So now, I came when you were using drugs. Were you as religious as you are now? Okay. So my daughter is going to be 42 in September, right? Mm-hmm. I got rebaptized while I was pregnant with her in a Christian mm-hmm. church. Okay. Okay. But again, when you're that young, I was 20 when I had her, she was 20 when she had my grandson. When you're that young, you, God knows your intentions and your heart, but you're going to do stupid things. Okay, you're gonna rebel, rebel, come back, rebel. That's normal. And if you think that's everybody's story, yeah. Yes, that's normal, right? Mm -hmm. So, but this is what happened to me earlier that never left me, and you'll get it. So I came from a very good family. Um we had a neighbor who now uh, I have to say this because this is part of it. I came from New York, Long Island City, and I was uh, you know, only going into seventh grade. But when I was about 14 years old, we lived on the same road with our neighbors and my uncle and all that. When I was only 14 years old, I looked like I was probably 20, if you get my drift. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this is major and why. This perverted neighbor, he was only in his 20s. So it's not like it was a 40 year old man and a 14 year old. Right. I didn't look 14 and he was only in his 20s. He touched me inappropriately, said some terrible things. They were moving away anyway, and he wanted a goodbye gift. And I was a tough kid. And I said, you have 30 seconds to get your hands out of my pants, out from under my shirt, 
or my father will kill you with his bare hands and you're going to prison and he'll be in prison. So leave. So he went fine. But I knew I had to tell someone even back then. Now we're going way back. So it was different than now. Now I tell anyone, if you are even touched, you tell Mm -hmm. your mother immediately, your father, and you go to the police. Things were different. Things were different. So my uncle agreed. He said, I'll handle this. We can't tell your father. My father would have killed him from Italy, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole bit. So anyway, long story short, they moved away. He knew I told my uncle and they moved away. Never heard from them again. But they were still in my aunt's life because she was best friends with the wife. Gotcha. So the reason I used drugs wasn't because he touched me. I was a tough kid. It was because as the years went on, I always thought, did we do the right thing? Did I let a child molester go? Right. And that's where I'm going with why I said I didn't look like a kid and he was only in his 20s. I couldn't handle it. And then I, then I started thinking, did my uncle do the right thing? Did my aunt do the right thing? I was blaming them and thinking, what happened there? Did mm-hmm. we let a child molester go? Well, yeah. I suffered with this my whole life. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, when my father passed away from Alzheimer's, I was 57. And my aunt and uncle were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. I didn't know it, but that couple was invited from another state. And I'm friends with her on Facebook and the kids, beautiful family, except for him. Well, I don't see him, but I see the wife walking through the parking lot. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, I didn't know they were invited. I guess maybe he died. I didn't see him. I get out of my car and I go over to my uncle, whose party it is with his brother, my other uncle from New York. He's fixing his tie. We're in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. my back to the parking lot and I hear a voice congratulations old man and puts his hand out to my uncle well it was him and my uncle looks at me with this face guys like please don't please don't and I turned around and he said hello Geraldine that's what they that was my real name and I said really and I just walked away you ready Mm -hmm. for this I stayed away from them the whole time I said hello to her and all that Mm -hmm. he was watching me the whole time I didn't know it at the end I'm walking out he follows me he come now the guy is listening almost 80 years old now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he comes to follow me and he's got his lips perched to try to kiss my lips. I turn my face. He gets my cheek and slaps my butt. I know what you guys are thinking. He's 80 years old at that point. He's like 78, whatever. So, but, but here, I know what you guys are thinking. Did I punch him? I'm going to tell you why. No. And I thank God he did that. So I looked at him and I said, are you kidding me? Really? I said, you're still a dirty old man. And he said, so, and did it again. And I said, you better thank your lucky stars that I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm thanking God for this right now, because now I know I didn't let a child molester go because if I did, he wouldn't have been interested in me at 57 years old. He's just a perverted, dirty old man. Yeah. So I was relieved guys. I can't even tell you what that did for me. As strange as that is, that it was a situation. Yeah. God knew I still needed the answer. You were thinking all that time he would have changed his ways or he would have grew out of that phase or or something. Something would have happened to where like he wouldn't be like that anymore. But he he was afraid of your father though too because you said it was after your father had that's right passed away. So it's like he didn't come around until after. You know, and it was almost like my it was you know I think maybe my dad gave me that gift as well. You know? Mm -hmm. But that's what happened with me. It's people it's how can you be that way at that kind of an age i just i and do it around like obviously there's other people who are around i mean his wife was there if i was anyone else he would have been knocked out but i you know what i didn't want at this point she she knows who he is she knows she's with him still at this point who cares yeah you know what i mean I'm sure she knows the, uh, I'm sure he's grabbed another you know? woman's butt at, at, a, at an event or but, something at that, at that point. Like you said, it was more of a, he was just a, per, a pervert. <laughs> a pervert. But I want to share something with you about my book and why it's different and why I'm pretty much banned from speaking at places. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good stuff. That's the stuff we want. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, sure. So, sure. Um, when I went into a rehab, 
Okay. At 30 years old, I did mm-hmm. everything they said. I went to Princeton house here, stayed the whole 31 days at the time, 32 days back then mm-hmm. and came out, got a sponsor, went to freaking meetings every day for a month. I wanted to shoot myself because every time you step up in front and, and I never tell anyone not to go to meetings, if that's their only support system, please right. go. Okay. Right. So, but they have you saying, hi, I'm Jerry. I'm an addict and I'm powerless over my addiction. Mm-hmm. They have the addict believing that they're powerless and they're, mm-hmm. they have a disease for life and they can't help it because they're powerless over it. Well, what is, what is that doing? Brainwashing you into believing you're powerless, right? Right. Okay. So if you stand there every freaking day or week and say that, you are now completely powerless. Right. So I said, I can't do this. I have to change my life and give it to God. And I don't want no, no part of any of this nonsense. So I traveled all over the world, guys. I'm also a nutritional health coach and a recovery coach. I even went in labs in Russia back in the 80s through Lenox Hill Hospital and looked under microscopes at brains all over Australia, Asia. The brain is the same, whether you are an addict or not. Your brain is the same. Here's the issue. You do have a disease, but it's really a dis-ease of the brain cells while using. And guys, think about your lifestyles, right? It could be food, mm-hmm. gambling, anything that you've allowed your brain cells to get a hold of that now mm-hmm. become an addiction for you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a dis-ease of the brain cells, which can be cured six to 12 months. Gone, not an obsessive compulsive thought about anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can prove it. So when I wrote this book, I said, we've got to start looking at addiction differently. And this is what I did. I have a page in here, piss off. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I changed what the letters, the letters are. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a sarcastic Italian. So this book is intended to piss off a lot of people. And it has, but don't worry. It's a good thing. Piss off means to me possibly infiltrate sensible solutions, offering favorable fundamentals. I'm sure you now want to want to tell me to kiss off, but as you may heard, kiss can actually mean keep it simple, stupid. I don't like that. So what it means to me is keeping ideas safe and sound. Okay. So I changed the 12 steps. They're now 13 steps, according to me. Mm -hmm. I changed everything. There's a jackass test in here now. You know how they give you the test to see if you're an alcoholic or an addict or whatever, and you take that stupid test with 12, 13 questions. And Mm -hmm. if you answer more than one, you are more than three, whatever. It's It's stupid. If you answer any of them, you have an issue. So my jackass says has 13, has 12 questions. Are you an ass? Are you an ass? Are you an ass? Are you an ass? And 13 mm-hmm. says, yes, I'm an ass. Because listen, <laughs> we're all being, we're all being dumb. Stubborn. When we yeah. do these things and we have choices. And I'm going to share something with you to prove now what I'm saying is right. Things have to make sense to me. And I'm sure to you guys as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. What never made sense was this on one hand, The program teaches the addict you are powerless over your addiction, that you have this disease for life. That's heart heart wrenching. If you believe in that, if you Mm. believe that that's you, how can you ever go on with life? Right. Okay. Mm. But then they teach the family members and friends in Al-Anon. Oh, let them hit rock bottom. Let them hit rock bottom. Even if it means kicking them out, not giving them money for food. They have to change. That has to be their choice. Well, wait a minute. You just told me my family member has a disease for life that they're completely powerless over. I'm going to kick that person to the curb. Yeah. Why would you let them hit that At their weakest point. Yeah. So it it makes sense. They're teaching Mm -hmm. two different things. So I will teach, you know, tough love. I actually took one of my cousins who's six foot one on five foot four. He's a few years older than me through this book. His daughter said, please help my father. You don't know it, but this is what's been going on with alcohol. He's passed out of time. for three days at a time. I went to his house, woke him up at seven in the morning, 
and said, mm-hmm. if you do not follow me, I'm going to punch you in the face. He was scared of me. I'm five, four. <laughs> okay. I kidnapped him. And I've done that with other family members and put them in my basement for a month and locked the door and put food under it. So I'm different. And I believe in tough love as well, mm-hmm. but I also believe in not leaving helping them as much as you can there will come a point where you're going to say listen you're on your own then right but when they're at their weakest moment that's when you dive in right yeah you can't just you can't turning your back on somebody at their weakest point is the worst thing you could possibly do especially if they truly have this disease for life that they're powerless over right you're just kicking them while they're down essentially right so i've i'm going to tell you why i revised my book the main reason Mm-hmm. So I found something out that I didn't know when I first wrote this. And I'm going to read a poem to you because I'd love to read the, the poem in this, sure, sure. one of the poems. But Bill W., he started AA back in the day, and he truly had great intentions, guys. His intentions were to help the addicts and the alcoholics. Mm-hmm. He himself suffered from, and this is all out there, okay? You could just Google it. He himself suffered from not only depression, addiction, suicidal tendencies. He didn't want to live. He had a doctor friend. Don't quote me on this part, but I believe the doctor wasn't an American doctor. Okay. Most of them aren't. And, and (laughs) okay. Gotcha. Yes. And um, I love that. Yes. We're on board. We're on board. And um, he subscribed him a vitamin called niacin. Mm-hmm. The one that makes you purge and sweat, and it will say on the, the jar to purge. Mm-hmm. It cured him. So at that point, he approaches AA and he says, We're giving all the all the alcoholics and addicts niacin. And you know what they told him? Shut your mouth. It's not happening. We're keeping them addicts. That is the truth. Now, if you guys want, you can go Google everything I'm saying. I don't give opinions. Mm-hmm. I did a radio show years ago with another uh, radio guy with freedom truth radio, my friend Vince, mm-hmm. we did part one on his part two on mine or vice versa. And we had him live on Facebook at the time right. within 30 seconds after the shows were over, they were taken down because we talked about pharmaceutical food, corporate America, everything with them bringing the drugs into the country. We're putting sugar in the foods with this and that mm-hmm. keeping them addicts. And they the don't, they don't like the truth getting out. Um, it's, no. We've experienced it as well. Actually. We've, experienced we've, we've, we've actually been talking to the topic you're, you're talking about <laughs> in five minutes into our podcast live being taken down. So yeah, I'm oh, fully okay. on board. So yeah, <laughs> we, we right. know. So this might be taken down as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll put it back up somewhere else. So. All right. Absolutely. So, you know, um, so the thing is, all right, addicts in rehabs, what do they give them? Sugar. I'm assuming Jay could still hear me. Yeah, I can still hear you. I don't know what's going on. All right, yeah, I know. Um, so what do they give them in, in rehabs? Sugar, soda machines, mm-hmm. candy, whatever they want. Sugar to the brain is heroin. The brain Yeah, it's just it's not just another right. addiction. You're it's another addiction. And the brain thinks you're putting heroin in. So that's why they crave sugar forever and still their drugs. That's what's happening. Right. So I made a decision back then. I was changing everything about my life. My family moved my salon at the time while I was in a rehab to another location. Mm-hmm. I became all plant-based. I'm vegan, all organic. I mean, I really went full speed and gave it to God. And I want to- That read- is a that is a complete, it's, it's amazing to hear people like make that complete change because- I like for instance, like I'm an atheist. I always have been. That's like, okay. And like I have nothing against listening to stories or anything like that. I mean, you're not the first yes. person we've had on talk about religion. So like right. I don't mind listening to the stories and like hearing it. It is it is kind of neat to hear those stories of people making those life changes, like right. to turn things around like that. It's it's you don't hear it a lot, and when you do hear it, it's a it's amazing. It's it's I had no choice. Listen, you know. It was either die or completely change. I knew what they were teaching in these programs was not going to help me. Hello. Hey, I'm back, guys. Hey, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I always said, like, uh, even 
like I, I enjoy cheese. Like you can ask Aaron. I'm somebody that eats. That cheese was my all, favorite. All, all the time. Cheese, cheese. Like it's, I've, it's I've going out of style. But I think you can be addicted to any substance or I mean any habit. It's not just. It's not just a, a drug. Yeah. <laughs> cheese gave me colon cancer. That's why I had to become vegan. I cured mm-hmm. myself of colon cancer and breast cancer almost over 25 years ago through fasting and real nutrition and. 60 day water fast. I brought a home colonic system to my home. I mean, I went, I was a hundred pounds. I, so I get it. I had mm-hmm. to have grilled cheese every day. <laughs> it was my favorite in the world, okay. but you yeah. know, there's vegan cheeses out there. Yeah. I've had them. Okay. Not as good as regular cheese. No, 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 listen, it almost killed me. So I love them more. Oh, I know. You know. I understand. No, I'm saying I was addicted. I had to have grilled cheese every day. I want to read a poem for you guys. Is that okay? Absolutely. It's called change your choice because Mm -hmm. everyone has choices and this doesn't just apply to drugs. It's anything in your life that's causing havoc. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had a life-changing moment that I knew had to be the only way to change things was to first start with me. So I looked in the mirror and woke up one day and thought to myself, I needed to pray. So I asked God to change me, to help me stay strong, to clean up my mess, to write what's been wrong. I cleaned up my diet. I cleaned up my room. I cleaned up all habits with this old dirty broom. I kept going forward and never looked back. I refused to derail, stayed on the right track. I realized my worth and all that did matter through my selfish behavior, the lives I had shattered. I finally decided at 30 years old to stop abusing my body, my mind, heart, and soul. My life-changing choice that I had once made, almost 32 years now, guys, my debt has been paid. So you read all my thoughts on how to stay clean. It's all or nothing, my friend. There's no in-between. To live or to die is a choice you must make. Your life is not worthless and you're not a mistake. One day at a time is a slogan you've heard. It works if you work it while applying his word. For you to get healthy, for your mind not to fail, escaping reality will keep you in jail. With addictive behavior, sex, drugs, food, or money, substituting addictions. Now, isn't that funny? I'm not an addict. This too shall pass. I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass. That's pretty good. (laughs) So what else? I'm just... What, where did you, the name, the name of the book? I'm kind of curious on how you okay. came up with that. I don't exactly. even know how to tell you that. <laughs> I started writing this. It was done in three weeks. And I was like, oh, you know what I want to call it? I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass because that's what I was. I'm sarcastic. I'm Italian. You know, I, <laughs> I, I went right here. It says I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumbass because I've been saying that my I've whole that life. My, I've heard that my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Right. Stop being a dumbass. Stop being a dumbass. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. so I guess that's just part of who I am. And mm-hmm. um, I teach people KYW know your worth because that's where it begins. We all have to know we have worth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of and people don't it's understand hard. that. It's sad. Especially, especially the addicts who are, are down in the deep, you know, or not even, not even addicts, like just people who are in a very bad, depressed state of mind, or they're just, you know, in a bad spot. They don't know their worth. And until they do know their worth, it's hard for them to get out of the hole that they're in. Right. right. Got to open their eyes to their worth. You're Absolutely. Right. You're right. It's never too late. It's never too late. No, no, it never, it never is. I, and some people, some people think it, that it is too late, that there is no going back. You can't turn around. You can't fix things. And that's, it's never the case, but unfortunately there are people out there who think that there is no other way. I had a family member son in his twenties through this just less than a year ago, maybe six months ago, OD'd on purpose. And, you know, it's just heartbreaking. A lot of people over the last two and a half years have left. And Mm -hmm. it's because of that reason it's because of that reason. Now, when we speak about ODing and stuff, what is what's your opinion on like Narcan being free okay. to addicts? Okay, so I have actually some right here in a the bag. There, I've been given some of that in case you know. Um, all right, so I could speak frankly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So I'm a good person. And I would do, I, I, listen, I take a bullet for you boys. I think you guys are adorable. Okay. I've been Thank watching you, you and, and I, I really mean it. 
anyone, a stranger, and I'm sure you guys would too, if you know, we our instinct would just be like to jump in front of a bullet. Yeah, you know what somebody, I mean? yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there are certain things that I think we're doing wrong in this country when it comes especially to addiction. Mm. Narcan, I believe, is very important to have in the home of the addict. Mm-hmm. Because there are going to be times where maybe the addict wasn't trying to OD and kill himself. Right. So, Which and I can understand, but there are times where they do it multiple times in a day. Yeah, That's so, the difference. Mm-hmm. So here, here in Columbus, there was a guy, um, we're, we're in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. There was a guy that was given Narcan seven different times in one day. No. That's not giving any so, help or anything. Just what I'm Narcan. saying is they should be able to have one in mm. their home. An emergency. And I, right. like, and I can agree with that. That's it. Because what mm. they're doing is, but then again, now think about this. What I said, they're bringing the drug. We bring the drugs into this country. And you want to hear what else they do? And I am not kidding you. What I'm telling you is fact. They take the drugs and they bring it to the poorest cities. Mm-hmm to see how many people die so that they know that they're, they're doing a strong drug because a lot of addicts want the strongest. Right. So they're doing it all on purpose. So Mm. why wouldn't they give them seven things of Narcan for a day? Right. They don't care. They just want to keep them on the drug and keep them buying the drug. It's not about the Narcan is not about saving their life to them. It's just not the same people that brought the drugs in country brought the Narcan. Oh, now let's bring this in. Right. It's keeping your customer alive. Basically. Yes. Yes. Job security. Okay. That, that is the worst job security on right. this planet. You that are so right. Terrible. You are right. Mm-hmm. And oh, wait, you ready for this about niacin now? This is horrendous what they've done. So pharmaceutical companies have gotten in touch with all the vitamin companies. They're trying to get mm-hmm. rid of organic and the GMO thing. I'll tell you about that in a minute too. But now they have niacin. If you go, if you go and find the vitamin, you'll see the one that says it doesn't make you sweat. Well, that means it's not working. So they're now mm. doing that so that they think they're buying niacin for help because they, but they didn't want to sweat. So that's why they didn't want to do niacin. So niacin is now faking a fake niacin just to mm. make money. That's crazy. Okay. Isn't that- yeah. It's so sad. You're- yeah. I personally have taken, I, I have experience with niacin. I actually, when, when I, when I was younger, I did experiment with drugs and that was one of the times I came off of it was with niacin and it, 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 it almost makes you as red as my hat. Yes. <laughs> like and I do saunas on mm-hmm. purpose, you know, that's healthy. That gets everything you, so you get it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I've had niacin before. It's in, it's in a lot of, what's surprising. It's actually in a lot of energy drinks too. Okay. Um, but, but like I said, nice. now they have the one where you won't purge. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same exact one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just so that if it's not the same exact one, it's not it. It's not it. Right, yeah. Thank you. Right. I love you. Because yeah, you don't see people getting you. people don't getting red from it drinking energy drinks. I'm, tell, you, I'm telling you, like it was your body's on fire and you're red. Like okay, your body's on fire and you're red. Yes, yeah. like in a sauna, mm-hmm. which is super healthy. Right. Yeah. Okay. For sure. It's crazy. But how much money are we putting into like? making the false drug or just putting so much Narcan out there for people to OD multiple times in a week or in a day. Like how much money are we dumping into that? Granted we're, you know, there's a lot of money being spent on illegal drugs, but how much free medicine can you put out there? Okay. Isn't it crazy? So let me tell you about medicine. Um, we are going to be taken down, guys. And that, that means we're doing something <laughs> right, okay? So We'll just keep putting it back up. <laughs> okay, great. Yes. So, um, okay, medicine, right? So I mm-hmm. do everything natural, okay? Mm-hmm. Everything, like I said. Um, my grandson is going to be 22, never been vaccinated. I found a lawyer back then for our religious rights, okay? And constitutional rights. So he's never been vaccinated. Yeah, I'm not vaccinated. College. Oh, you're not? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. My granddaughter is going to be seven this month. Never been vaccinated. Okay. So what's happening now is this, and this is pathetic. So now that's not enough for them. I've been, like I said, I've been all over the world. I'm, I'm saying this all for a reason. I've been behind the scenes with everything. Even their McDonald's in Australia, they crack open organic eggs. 
They have coffee bars that are organic in McDonald's in Australia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they don't want their people sick in these other countries because they're paying for the people's insurance. We pay for our own insurance. So they want us sick. That's how they make their money. You, yeah. You pay for insurance. They're like, there's people like my age. If I had insurance, I don't even go to the doctor. So I'm paying for something I'm not using. <laughs> but then when you need it, they wouldn't even pay for a lot of the okay. things. So, it's so but that's what they yeah. do. They put mm-hmm. the poison in our foods and all that. So the drug companies are not satisfied with this. No, no, no. So now they've targeted the schools and they targeted the poor schools first. And they told the principals, right? Whoever's in charge of these schools that if a child is too active, send a letter home to the parent saying that they can't come back to school unless they're put on this drug for ADD, whatever. And you'll be paid in the school per child. You get on this drug. How sick which is, is that? Which is, it's crazy that you can just throw a child on medication now because they they have too much energy or Thank you. Mm-hmm. they move too much. Thank well, you. I think it's, I think, so me personally, I, I grew up, I do have ADHD and okay. then my, my son does as well. So okay. with, with that, um, I think it's, there are some people that maybe do need the disease, but it's, it's like, it may be one in a hundred compared to like them giving it to 80 out of a hundred nowadays. Okay. Um, You're right. Mm-hmm. Because with my son, we tried, uh, my son, we tried everything from counseling um, stuff and it, his, his life suffered until we actually did put him on the drug. Yeah. And I'm not um, saying there are people who, no, who right. Need, but right. there are a lot of people. Kids are just, they're just hyper kids and they're just, they're, they're hyper just kids. kids, not even just yes. hyper, they're just kids. Yeah. Just because they're <laughs> hyper, they're diagnosed yeah. with ADHD right. and it's like, they're, and, they're just being a kid. Mm-hmm. Let them be a kid. And unfortunately the vaccines. Okay. So again, I'm going to say my age for a reason. I'm 61. Right. So back mm-hmm. then, back then when I was vaccinated, I had like two. And the only thing that was in that vaccine was that, that was it. Right now, the day the baby's born, they want to give the baby like 50 doses and two vaccines. Why? Hep C yeah, and a baby. Stop. So these are the things that are causing all this stuff, the ADHD, the ADD, all this craziness, these poor babies. When I was in school, I remember that one or two kid and I remember their faces because it was only one or two kids in my school, even in mm-hmm. Long Island City, New York, in Catholic school when I was a kid. We remember yeah. that child that had issues. Now there's tables. I worked in a school here. There's tables in the mm-hmm. lunchroom, peanut tables, this table, ADD, this ta- hundreds. There's whole buildings something's here wrong. at some of the schools where they just deal with kids like that. Yeah, yeah. something's wrong with what we're doing to these mm-hmm. poor babies. You're separating them from normal it's hard to say normal kids because nobody's normal. Right. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Right. You're separating them from the kids who are not high energized or something. And that's not good to do because they see that in the long run. They see that. Why, mm-hmm. why am I not with those kids? What's, why are they so different? Why am I different? What's wrong with me? And like that doesn't help the kid anymore. No. Not in the long run. Not when you're separating mm-hmm. them like that. No. Maybe you're segregating them essentially. Like I said, there's a there's a school. I won't say the, the city or anything, but they have multiple buildings in in this complex, and they separate them from the rest of the popula- like population right. of it's the students. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. So so yeah. So I'm like on the blacklist. I can't speak at things. <laughs> I actually got a notification years ago. Um, I'm not going to say what group, but I'm sorry, (laughs) you know, we don't agree with your teaching, so we can't have, okay. And I will never bow down to them. Never. That's pretty much our stance. I mean, I I had a brother um, that uh, his, he was a a one-year-old, I believe, and he got the measles, mumps, and rebellion, I I think is what the the shot was. And he actually, from then on, um, had seizures every time he got a fever. Um, So... So yeah, and it, it gave him problems his whole life. I mean, he, he actually, Aaron knows he's the brother that actually committed suicide when he was 18. So, so, I mean, it, it definitely, it can definitely mess people up. That's why uh, me personally, I did not get the COVID vaccine. Um, and that was because I didn't think the research was there. And uh, six months, it was that's the fastest choice. vaccine yeah, yeah. ever created. But even if, but listen, guys, now I'm glad you didn't. Thank you, God, that you didn't. But we think don't know about, the long-term side effects. No, okay, I, I got COVID, about, but... I, I got COVID. Very, <laughs> oh, listen. But, okay, so think about this. 
even if the research was done there, the research was done there on purpose. Mm-hmm. To, okay, so I'm glad you didn't get it. Right, right. Absolutely. It's usually the, it's the companies trying to sell them doing the That's research. That's right. <laughs> they, they, they have to shoot me. Yeah. Yeah, we, we weren't, uh, I wasn't for the vaccine. I am so happy to hear all this with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and like a lot, like, I think everybody, everybody in my family, I'm actually pretty sure I'm the only one in my entire family who didn't get vaccinated. Um, but they all, um, they all dated. My, my girlfriend had to for, had to for work because they were making it mandated. But uh, other than that, my children and me, we have not, yeah. we have not. So it's horrible. The plans too. <laughs> I just wasn't horrible. for it. And they're like, well, you can't, you can't travel if you don't get vaccinated. You know what? Fine. I won't travel. Yeah. Listen, I traveled all over the world. I don't need to anymore. That's how I feel anymore. Like they're <laughs> controlling us with everything. Oh, we have not. Ne- you know, I think about things, right? I said to you that I found this woman, this female lawyer back then to get right. me papers for my grandson, never thinking nothing of it until one day a freaking light bulb went off. And with the G with the non GMO butterfly that I'm going to share this with you, mm-hmm. a light bulb went off one day. Because I'm in Whole Foods and they didn't have my raw organic cashews or whatever. And I saw a bag and it said non-GMO with the pretty butterfly. I've been in downtown Trenton three times with my daughter. We've protested with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Actually, I got to meet him. And for our constitutional rights, period. So it didn't matter to me what you atheist, Christian, whatever. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with that. Your constitutional rights, they were trying to change the constitution. Mm-hmm. So we won all three times so far. Okay. Well, I was part of helping them make that stupid, pretty butterfly on non-GMO, like all our protesting. I'm in Whole Foods and I said, oh, at least I'll grab these nuts right now. At least they're non-GMO. And I put them in the car and I'm walking and it was like a freaking light bulb went off. And I went, oh my goodness. And I call my daughter from Whole Foods and I'm like, Tiffany, oh my God, we've been duped. This non-GMO, all it means is it's the same crap that wasn't organic that I wouldn't have eaten 10 years ago. It's just not GMO. And I took it out and put it back. And then it hit me about my grandson's letter. I said, we've never had rights If I had to worry about getting a letter back then, 22 years ago, we never had rights then either. Think about it. So they've made us believe on so many levels we have all these rights and we didn't. Oh, you still don't. (laughs) And now it's worse than ever, right? I mean, uh, I I brought this up to Aaron before. See what you think about it. But it's you. nothing is free and you have no rights. You you pay to drive you pay to fish you pay to <laughs> there's nothing to it's hunt. only free if you pay the right fee <laughs> yeah 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 freedom of speech but not not the consequence right thank you i mean jay jay you're the one who, who kind of taught me that and i never really thought of it that way when you said it you said that you have the freedom of speech but you know the consequence is still there i was like yeah holy crap yeah i mean you're <laughs> it's so true <laughs> no, i mean think about it. anything you want to do i mean even the drive even even more, all the stuff you yeah. have to do the drive you have to pay for a driver's license you have to pay for your car you have to pay taxes for the for the city for the roads you got to pay for your tags every year you're talking yeah. to somebody who lives in Jersey. You know how many tolls I went through last time I went through Jersey? <laughs> Where in Jersey? I'm in Jersey now. Um, we, went, we went through. So actually, um, the time I went through, we actually went ended up going to Boston. So I've been in New York through Jersey and stuff like that. Driving didn't really stop much, but we went to Boston is where the time I went through Jersey. But the tolls are insane oh, up, okay. up in the so Northeast. Oh, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just... I think we, we stopped I mean, a couple of times in. But yeah, it was it was just crazy. The, the whole Northeast has a lot more. Like we have no tolls here in Ohio like you don't you don't pay a toll to go anywhere <laughs> so uh, okay yeah. but yeah you're right listen nothing you're right even you know what seniors like I'm I, you know when I'm 65 we still have to pay taxes what is mm-hmm. that right like, you paid the way why? for everybody else <laughs> yeah. you pay why? you pay taxes through your job when you're when you get your paycheck you're paying taxes and then you're paying taxes <laughs> on the stuff that you're buying with the money that's already taxed from your paycheck. Okay. Why is everything, why? Why is it, <laughs> okay. it's not going to be taxed? It's crazy, right? 
They're yeah. taking every sense, like every cent they can possibly take from us. Yep. The one thing I do want to ask you is more about along the lines of your your diet and stuff like that. It's okay. About the cancer um, yes. thing and how you got rid of cancer with your diet. I'd really yes. like to hear that. Okay. Yeah, because that's interesting because okay. you don't hear that. I'm searching. I'm not ignoring you. I was searching for one nope. poem that I You're would fine. like to oh, read afterwards that I tell you about that. Um, where is it, darling? It's called My Story Ain't Over. Um, I, I would love to be able to read that. Okay. Sure. Not yet. All right. <laughs> You'll let me know when. So I was so sick. Okay. Um, and this was close to 30. I was like, yeah, like 30 ish, 30 years old, then 35 with the breast cancer. So my mother's entire family, my mother died at 69 of her ninth heart attack. I mean, didn't, they didn't take care of themselves though. And mm. they all died of heart cancer, breast cancer, or colon cancer. So mm. I knew it was going to hit me because I ate the same diet, you know, and I didn't know everything back then. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, colon cancer. Um, like I said, super thin and sick. So I found a guy, his name is George Malcolmus. He's still alive guys. They sent him home to die back then. He had colon cancer that went into his bones And they said, go home and die. We can't help you anymore. And his son said, dad, let's look into this fasting. He's still alive. And and listen, the guy's in his eighties. He's in Hawaii now. Mm -hmm. All right. And I went, he's in Hawaii. Oh my gosh. I found him back then. And I went down South and I studied under him and stayed and did some seminars with him. And he taught me how to fast. And now I'm certified in that saved my life. So here's the concept of fasting. When you don't eat, your body still needs to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what it will do is after a few days of just water, it thinks you're starving it. It will start eating off of itself. Mm -hmm. But the the body is so brilliant. It eats the sick cells first. Makes sense. It is. It does make sense. And and Google what I'm telling you, boys. We and and here's the other thing. I am giving myself a pat on the back. We didn't have Google back then. Right, right, right. <laughs> I had a word of mouth, right? World. I had to go behind the scenes. I, I got mm-hmm. guns shot, almost shot at me in Russia. I mean, listen, I had to really research all this stuff. Right. And um, so it will eat off of itself. It eats the six cells first. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna wake up starving. No one's ever died from fasting, but they have died from not breaking it properly along fast. So I had to learn everything. Mm -hmm. So you have to, I went on a two month water fast and it took me one month of water and juice to finally break it. So really three months, I had to bring a home colonic system in because you, you can't go to the bathroom and you need to, you know? So anyway, that's what I did with that. Then the breast cancer. Um, the lump, I, I don't get mammograms. I get thermographies and I'll tell you about that. Mammograms cause breast cancer. That's why they do them. Okay. They do them to cause breast cancer. So yeah, after you go, so for they your, can make money. That's right. So after you go for your third, fourth or fifth, and now you have breast cancer. Well, thank God we caught it in time. No, no, no. You caused it three mammograms ago. Okay. So I, I found out about this woman at the time I had to travel. Now they're, they're in more places than not. Um, for thermographies, you had to pay out of pocket and it's done with infrared light and color. So there's no pressing on it, no, nothing. And it's more accurate than any x-ray out there. Are you ready for this boys? So we have to pay out of pocket for it, except for sports guys, because they don't want them filled with all this, uh, radiation. So they, cover their um, thermography that's crap on their body okay so i left and she said you have a problem and i said i know i do the 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 lump was so big you could just feel it you could see it sticking out of my breast Mm -hmm. and i said that's that and i went on another really huge water fast um so for six months between water and juice fast and all that lumps been gone. Um, and that was when I was 35 ish. Okay. So, 
And so I changed everything though, back then guys, even my bed is organic, my mattress, um, all my products, pure, unscented, everything. Okay. Um, all my food in my home, everything is, is raw based, all organic. I mean, I take no drugs. I haven't, I haven't taken a drug in 30 years, not nothing. I don't really go to doctors. Um, so, and again, they're there for emergencies, guys, emergencies, not what's going on and not what they're doing and mm-hmm. brainwashing us into doing. Oh, you, you know what else is funny? Since you asked about like the natural stuff, mm-hmm. I'm a health coach, right? Recovery coach and a health coach, nutritional right. health coach. So right. I've had clients that I'll say, okay, listen, I want to put you on this incredible vitamin, this, this, and this. And you know what they'll say to me? They're on nine meds. Listen, they're on nine <laughs> meds a day. And they'll say, well, do they have side effects, Jer? And I crack up and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Don't those nine medications all okay. have like 10 side ten effects? Each. Okay. Seven of them for treating the side effects of the other two. Okay. So that's what I hear. And it's all insanity to me. It's mm. just all insanity to me. So that's what I did with my food, cured everything. And again, I'm 61 years old and I haven't really been on anything in third almost 30 years and i don't really go to doctors yeah i don't ever go to doctor i mean i'm not healthy i'm far from healthy but i don't know doctor (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i intermittent i intermittent fast i don't actually fast like as long as you would do but i've seen the results and felt healthier just from even doing that so well i can tell you how to how to do a really cool easy fast if you guys all right listen to me (laughs) if you guys stop eating at 7 p.m and don't eat anything until 10 p.m. You've fasted 12 hours. Okay, I fast 15 hours every day now. I don't eat anything after six and I don't eat anything really till 11. Yeah, that's what I that's what I do. That's that's exactly so I I, I, I sometimes fall off the wagon eat at night, but I try not to as much, but it I don't eat until 10 or noon. Um, there you the go. Day. So I don't. Eat, I don't eat early in the morning. I've never. Nah. I've never liked breakfast for some reason. I'm not a morning. This is a person that'll eat like six Swiss, like Swiss rolls or something. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'll, have, I'll have, eat have an ice cream diets. sandwich for breakfast. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we work together, and I've seen him actually eat chicken wings for breakfast. Like absolutely like hot wings i'm like what is wrong with you but i love food man i'll eat anything well i'm italian listen let me tell you something i'm sure it was hard yeah. for you yeah, was just, <laughs> okay. Be hard. okay so listen i'm also a vegan chef and i went back to school in new york years ago just for myself to become a vegan chef mm-hmm. imagine this italian telling her family i'm now vegan they're like what are you talking about Huh? what's a vegan? Yeah, I'm sure what's they call you on it, I'm sure. You know what I mean? No. And now my most of my family members are all plant-based because they saw what it did. Right. So, but it's funny, you know, I mean, I'm Italian. I love food and we everything was food. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my my one neighbor, uh, she's Italian, and her and her fiance eat good all the time, and they make so much food. All the, oh, yeah. there's there's times where I'll come home from work. I'll be like, I'll be, I'll just get home and they'll walk out and be like, here's dinner. And it's yes. like, what? Yes. <laughs> my dad, God rest his soul. They grew up in Italy and they had their farm. Well, my father's garden in, in, on Bresnian road, you know, forget it. Mm-hmm. I, and I had, like I said, my beauty salon. So my dad, my, they knew all my clients, my family, my clients loved my parents. And I will get calls. I think your dad was here. There was a bucket of tomatoes on my porch. And that was my dad. Hey, there was a whole bowl of figs. on. I think it was. Yeah, it was my dad. <laughs> and he yeah. would just go to the neighborhood and just put, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The food's great. I, I mean, having a neighbor that is Italian who makes all kinds of food, <laughs> bakes all kinds of stuff. It's great. Where, I mean, I where, just, where do you guys live? What states? I'm with you. We both live in Ohio. Yeah, Central Ohio. Yeah, so we're like we're both Columbus. Yeah, he, he's he's more Columbus area. I'm like 30, 40 minutes away from. Oh, because I Columbus. cook for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually never had anything vegan. <laughs> no, you guess what? Okay, yeah. listen to me. Now keep mm-hmm. this in mind. Not only am I a vegan chef, I'm also an Italian cook. Right, my whole right. life. That's 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 just that doesn't. You never that, know. It doesn't match in my head. No, listen to me. <laughs> I can make you meatballs. You would mm-hmm. never know. I've right. had people say, 
The only reason, Joe, we know is because we know this is amazing. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? You would never know. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down to try anything, like as far as food wise. But yeah, I mean, I'll eat anything. Don't I think my hardest thing would be might even be cheese. Like that would be my, hey, would be my be hardest. All vegan cheese. Listen, shredded. You would never know. Trust me, babes. <laughs> so listen, can I read this poem out of my book? Oh, for sure. Go ahead. This is why, because again, once I was asked, this pretty much tells it all in here. Okay, everything mm-hmm. that's happened since. I was asked to have my first network. I'm on different networks now. What What's happened in my life is ridiculous. And so many people, I can't tell you, came on shows live, called in and said, Jerry, I wanted to kill myself. This was on Hamilton Radio years ago, live. Okay. Yes. And, and they called in and Doc G took the call. And I'm doing an interview about the book with other addicts that have cleaned themselves up. And she said, Jerry, I wanted to kill myself last week. Mm. And I watched two of your shows on addiction and it helped save my life. So I know I'm being used and I'll mm. never stop. So I wrote this, my story ain't over, it's called, because I know my story still ain't over. And this is everything. This will answer like, this will let you know my life once the book was written. Okay, guys? Okay. okay. All right. In 2016, I published my book. The last four years, now it's more than four, but the last four years have been off the hook. My book signings were great, interviewed as well, then asked to host a show with so much to tell. Who would have thought this could be true? Now on five networks, I'm brought to you. International Hall of Fame radio show host is me spreading hope across the globe for everyone to see. 32 years ago, my life was a mess. 32 years later, it's now filled with success. I never lost hope. I knew there was more. I needed to change my inner core. The last 32 years, man, what a ride. When I think back, I wanted to hide. I thank God I didn't. He led the way. I gave him my hand. I needed to pray. What God has done for me now to heal, he led me to you to help you to kneel. Give it to God and you won't regret. Your life can be changed. You don't have to fret. I'm proof. Yes, I am. Recovery is real. Changing your thoughts will allow you to heal. God made me his servant to help heal the sick. Hard work must apply to the fix is not quick. But if you do want it, hard work will prevail. From a one to a 10, you'll reach the scale. A nutritional health coach, a recovery coach too. God put me here to really help you. I'll never stop trying till God says enough. He's shown me my journey. He made me real tough. Proud of my certificates, they all state my name. I display them with pride on my wall of fame. Now 2022 revised, well, 2020 at the time, guys. Now 2020 revises my book and the last four years have been off the hook. And I was also given another incredible award, Lifetime Achievement. And I don't take these things lightly Mm -hmm. because I should be dead. And I say that to give others hope. Mm-hmm. if I could have done what I've done, I'm no different than anyone else. It's possible. Never give up on your dreams and know your worth. And you know, what's heartbreaking and you guys said it earlier is a lot of people still can't find their worth okay. and their past abuse, all that hurt people, hurt people. Sure. And you know, um, my friend Ricardo Rashard did a documentary, Her People, Her People. And I'm, I'm trying to get him to do one, heal people, heal people. Because mm-hmm. we have to break the cycle. And that's what I did in my family with the food. I got the same sicknesses they did because everyone says, oh, it's hereditary. It is. Right. But we have the power to change and break the cycle of anything from our family, right? right. Absolutely. You always have the power. We always have the power. We're just so used to hearing that we're powerless, like you were saying earlier. And we're, we're not, it's just a matter of, you know, knowing you have the power and helping the people, helping everybody that you can help because there are people out there who can help people and they choose not to. Right. What made you guys get into this? I guess you could speak, you speak individually. What was for you, Aaron, actually? I don't think you've ever been asked that actually. (laughs) I, 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 I don't know. I wasn't really, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't prepared for that question. I guess I never really thought about it. 
Well, know, I, I can... do interviews too. It's natural. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. tell me, boys. <laughs> so, so, for, so for me, I mean, uh, I think something we push a lot is like mental health stuff. That's something we kind we of come back to a lot. Um, I think that's a lot of it. We, we Just putting out there some people like our age, just men talking about our feelings and things we think. Um, it's frowned just upon. Don't, it's kind of frowned upon. So we kind of put it out there good or bad. I mean, we're not we're not perfect. We're, everybody's imperfect. But uh, we put ourselves out there. I think it it's a nice thing for me. I think to see somebody else think they can do the same thing. It's kind of yeah. weird. It's, I think, I think like with us talking about it, um, cause me and Jay have talked about a lot of the things we've went through personally, uh, along the side of mental health. I think if people can see us talking about it, they're going to realize that it's okay. You don't, as, as a man, you don't have to hold everything in because a lot of people our age or even older than us, they think that they have to hold everything in. They got to hold mm-hmm. everything together all the time. And that's not the case as, as a man, it is okay to have a weak side. It's okay to let people know that you're not okay. Mm-hmm. And because it's the people who hold it in all the time that they tend to struggle the worst. If you don't have people that you can lean on, eventually you're going to hit a breaking point and it's not a good breaking point. No. Right. And maybe laugh along the way. I think we had, that's kind of the thing. We kind of mix that, all that into just having fun and talking. Yeah. We want to, we want to have fun and we want to help as many people as we can. Um, and share people's stories like yours. I mean, absolutely. again, we don't, we believe in having a different opinion and different views, religious views and everything, and be able to come together and talk about. Me too. I, mean, Me too. I love my atheist friends. Like, mm-hmm. I listen, you know, what's so funny we're different then. And I saw it in you guys. When I watched one of your things, I saw your smiles and I said, these guys have incredible hearts. I said, listen, I love you. And I was like, you know, what people don't understand is, and this is hard for me to understand is why can't we all have different opinions and why can't we still love each other and get along? And me and Jay, me and Jay, we've, we've disagreed on quite a few things Mm -hmm. over there. What two? We've only known each other what two years, Jay? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Two years is two years is next week. Two years next week. <laughs> what date next? Wait, what date? Uh, I about. Think, uh, I want to say. Uh, let me look. I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I started on like the 18th. I think it's actually two weeks on Monday. Right. Yeah. So we we started working with each other. Um. Oh, okay. Because the so. 27th is my anniversary. So I, I, if you said the 27th, I would have been <laughs> yeah. man. All aligned, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, that's pretty much where we where, where we're at. But so I, I, we obviously know where why you did <laughs> why you, why you got yeah. into it. But pretty much, it sounds like the same same mentality, maybe just different. Yeah, paths, we want we but... <laughs> want to have we want to have fun. We want we want people to have fun with us. We want to know. It's nice hearing stories like experience of people mm-hmm. have went through um that's i don't know if you've listened to the episode we did with a uh, gospel man if you haven't listened to that one i listen highly to recommend it because you guys are okay. very similar as far as I you're very similar and... okay i have to mm-hmm. gospel man okay yeah, Can you share it for me mm-hmm. yeah yes 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 absolutely okay. um but his story was amazing mm-hmm. um what's he, his he, name um it's Lorenzo, Lorenzo Anderson, but he's actually goes by gospel man. And what his, uh, he actually, um, been to prison multiple times, a felon drug addict, and he turned his life for, um, with God and, uh, he uses music out. He he, he uses more, um, music as outreach. Um, as far as like, uh, he, he's a rapper and he actually, uh, raps about God, but he uses his story to try to bring people out of, uh, he's actually also a counselor, a drug um, rehab counselor as well. So. I have to interview him, boys. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll relay the <laughs> yeah. information. He, he likes everything we've had since, so I mean, he'll definitely probably see this. Yeah, but we'll definitely okay. pass it. We'll, we'll we'll connect you to. I promise. So did you ever hear of Walter Santos? Um, I don't think so. I don't think well, so. Walter Santos lives in my freaking town. Okay, mm-hmm. Walter Santos used to sing with Dion back in the day. He was married to his sister. Walter Santos almost ended up in prison. The drug situation, everything, mm-hmm. changed his life around because of Dion. He mm-hmm. said, Dion, how'd you do it? And he said, up there, man, up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, was, that's what wait, What he did was this. He sings. And mm-hmm. he's taken all the old doo-wop songs. You guys are young, but all the old doo-wop and put mm-hmm. Christian lyrics to the music. Cool. And he sings. the doo- So I, I'd love to connect them as well. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. sure we can make it happen. Yeah. That's the biggest thing too. I think we, we want to create a community of people with like-minded people and just not like-minded too, but just a community really. I mean, you can have like, a difference. lot of cool people. Too. And that's, the thing, that's another thing, like the connections you can make through doing, you know, the podcasts or mm-hmm. interviews. We've gained a lot of friends. I mean, yeah, I consider you gain, your friend now as well. So you, yeah, you gain people that you didn't know you'd ever have in your life. And, you know, it's an experience that you didn't think was ever possible. And right. now through our podcast, we're meeting all these different people and we're hearing mm-hmm. their life stories that are completely different than anything we've ever experienced. And right. that's just, it's nice to hear. That's part of understanding is hearing other people's stories, I think too, yes. that aren't, that aren't yours. You have to, I could never, you're right. You're right. But I think that's, that's about how long we usually run, but is there yeah. anything you want to plug? Is there obviously your book? Is okay, there so website shows? Feel free. Yeah. You can get my book right at right through Simon and Schuster's bookstore, Archway Publishing Bookstore, Amazon, okay. Barnes and Nobles, BAM now has it. It's everywhere. I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass. I'd rather be a smartest and a dumbass, guys. Um, my website is jerrypetito.com, WW, you know, um, I'm on different networks. You can check me out on Facebook, Jerry Petito. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else? Oh, my YouTube channel is the Jerry Petito Show YouTube channel. Please subscribe. A lot of cool things yeah, going everybody. on. Okay. I love you guys. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.